the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure and a privilege. I know I always say that, but it is. Today is Tuesday, May the 19th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on May 19, 1943, in his second wartime address to the U.S. Congress, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill pledged his country's full support in the fight against Japan. Later that evening... Churchill met with President Franklin D. Roosevelt at the White House. They sat down together, and together they decided on the date for, D- for the D-Day inv- invasion of France to be May 1, 1944. The operation ended up being launched more than a month later. Today in 1536, Anne Boland, second wife of England's King Henry VIII, was beheaded after being convicted of adultery. Today in 1649, England was declared a republic by Parliament following the execution of King Charles I. But England didn't want to be a republic. The monarchy was restored in 1660. What is that, 11 years later? Today in 1924, the Marx Brothers, (laughs) they made their Broadway debut in the review, I'll Say She Is. The Marx Brothers. Today in 1935, T.E. Lawrence. He was better known around the world as Lawrence of Arabia. He died in Dorset, England. He was killed uh, as a result of a motorcycle crash. Today in 1967, the Soviet Union ratified a treaty with the United States and Britain banning nuclear and other weapons from outer space, as well as celestial bodies such as the moon. The treaty entered into force in October of 1967. I wonder how China feels about that agreement. I'm thinking they're not in on that. They're pushing hard to go further and further into space and establish themselves as the leader in space. That's why President Trump recently started this space force as an additional branch of the, of the U.S. military. Today, in 1994, former former First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, she died in New York. She was 64 years old. And 10 years ago today, President Barack Obama, sitting, sitting with the president, the Mexican president, accused, blasted Arizona. Why? Because... <laughs> They had cracked down on illegal immigration. In front of the president from Mexico, Barack Obama was blasting Arizona, the people there, and the governor for cracking down on illegal immigration. Of course, the Mexican president followed up very quickly and agreed with him. He was the guest of honor at the Obama's place, the White House. The Mexican president followed up. He said... Arizona's law is discriminatory. 
That pretty well sums up the Obama administration as far as I'm concerned. He was always pushing to the left. Didn't want borders. Oh, he would say that he did, but he didn't, really. The left really doesn't want borders. George Soros has spent millions, tens of millions, trying to open our borders along with others. They think that our world should be one village, should just all be happy. Hillary wrote her book about that. We live in a different age, and I'll tell you, that's not where this world is heading toward a global village until biblical prophecy begins to be fulfilled in regards to the end of the end times. Then there will be a personality that will rise up and he will seduce the world because there will be so many problems and they'll be so chaotic and out of control that this person we know as the Antichrist will seduce the world, mislead the world, convince the world that he, he alone, can bring peace. And he'll work out all the problems for everybody. There won't be any war, no more, as the hippies used to sing. Except that it won't work out that way. And I think if you read your Bible at all, you know that. But we are, we are, I believe, approaching those times in the times in which we live. Do you know that most Americans, most Americans believe that God is speaking through this pandemic, this Wuhan virus? They do. There's been several polls taken recently. I was surprised that so many felt God was speaking because the number of people that think God is speaking through this coronavirus thing does not match up. It doesn't correlate with the number of people who are seeking to hear what God may be saying through this. But it's it's an amazing thing. It caught my attention. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that today. I'd like to also thank you for your support. It is so necessary now. It, it always is, but I mean, these these are are transitional times, transformational times. Somebody has called them, but um, we need your support more now than ever before because a lot of people are at disadvantage. Some people who would like to support can't. Situations are changing in our personal lives. People have been furloughed let go, fired, whatever. A lot of things are up in the air right now. So thank you so much for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Somebody sent me an email and they simply said, thanks, Gary, keep the light on. I know what they meant. We're doing our best every day to turn on the light and take a look at things through a biblical perspective, as we like to say. More than 60% of American believers of all faiths, but when they say all faiths in the secular media, what they really mean as Christians are just trying to appear to be inclusive, <clears throat> and perhaps they should be, but all faiths is mostly Christian in America still. But most... 60% of all Americans, of all faiths, feel that God is speaking through this coronavirus pandemic. Most generally believe that God is telling humanity to change how they're living. That was very encouraging to me and a little bit surprising 
that 60% of America would think that we should, that God is telling us that we should change the way we're living. So let me talk to you a little bit about that. Interestingly enough, Chicago of University of Chicago Divinity School and the Associated Press paid for one of these one of these polls that was taken. I chose that when I wrote an article about this today. You can read all of it with the links. Much more information at faithandfreedom.us. That's faithandfreedom.us. If you get it a little bit wrong in, in going to our website, <clears throat> you can end up on any number of other websites. People seem to like that name, and a lot of organizations have been started since we put in place Faith and Freedom in 2003, I think it was, or four, three, I think it was. And um, so you, you could even end up on a Muslim website if you don't get it right. It's Faith and Freedom, all one word, and just spell out A-N-D, dot U-S, not dot com, dot U-S. You'll see this article. You can read it there, and you can see the, the links and so on to some of the things that I'm going to be talking about over the next few minutes. Uh, a, a good part of what I'm going to be talking about over the next few minutes is not in that. It's just here for the radio. But anyway, the University of Chicago Divinity School and the Associated Press, they paid for this for this survey. 60% of people from all faiths believe God is speaking to us through this tragedy. Among those who believe in God, who say there is a God, 31% feel strongly that this virus... This Wuhan virus is a sign of God telling humanity to change. That's a quote. I just took a brief look at some of the things. Now, these aren't in that study, if you look at it, but I looked at, uh, I mean, part of it is, but part of it isn't. But I looked at how some of the people are responding. The study says that generally people of all faiths, 60%, believe that God is speaking through the virus. Evangelical Protestants... 43% are more likely than others to believe strongly that God is speaking. Blacks of all beliefs are more likely than other ethnic groups to feel that God is speaking. If they look, when they looked at it from an ethnic point of view, they found that blacks, 47%, Latinos, 37%, and white, 27%, believe that God is saying something to us through this virus. As I said, there's a lot more data in the study, but you can look at it at faithandfreedom.us. What do you believe God is saying to us in America today? I found it interesting. I Stephen Curtis Chapman is the most awarded artist. In, I think he's won five Grammys and a bunch of doves. That's a Christian award for Christian artists, but he's well-known. As far as I know, he's been true to his faith. I don't I've met him, but I don't know him personally. But he is the most awarded artist in Christian music. So when he was talking about this yesterday, I I paid attention. He believes that the Lord is telling us to come together. In fact, he said he believes it so strongly that he sat down and wrote a song about it, and he's going to put it out there. He's just releasing it now. It's called Together. Brad Paisley, the country guy, he helped him with it. He worked on the, I don't know if he helped write it, but he helped produce the song. But Stephen Curtis Chapman said that the Lord has been speaking to his heart about the fact that we should come together. He feels strongly about the message. He believes that God has spoken to his heart, and he believes 
that that's what God is saying to Christians and all people in our nation today and the world. But on a deeper level, Chapman was talking in an interview. He said, I believe God is saying to those of us who follow him, who claim to be Christians, will you really trust me? Will you trust that I do not just have you on my radar, but that I have written you on my heart, in the palm of my hands, that I know the number of hairs on your head? Well, for some of us, it wouldn't take divine intervention to count them. Enough of that, but I had to say it. I know some of you can count your hairs pretty easily, too. Anyway, he recounts the loss of his daughter. They lost, he and his wife lost their daughter in an accident some years ago. That was very difficult for him. It was very public because a lot of people know him and his family. Chapman says, you don't have to say, hey, cheer up, put on a happy face. It's about the God who says, bring it all to me. Bring the confusion. Bring the fear. Bring the questions. He believes that's what God is saying to him, and he believes that's what God is saying to all of us. I would agree. I believe that through this coronavirus, Wuhan virus, I believe that God is speaking to hearts. I believe also that God is saying, bring it to me, bring the confusion, bring the fear, bring the questions. And I think, and I would add what I say so often on this program, because we need to hear this. I need to hear it. You need to hear it. God Almighty is in control. There is nothing that's going to happen in this world that God Almighty, the creator of all things, doesn't allow to happen. God loves us, and he cares for us. And as Chapman said, we're not just on his radar. He walks with us, he talks with us, and he tells us that we are his own. The joy that we share in knowing this and walking with God is indescribable. That's why the world in their blindness and in the darkness of an unregenerate heart, they don't even understand that. But we do. Whether we can articulate it properly or not, we understand that. And in the most difficult times, in the most trying times, chaotic times of our life, which may or may not have to do with this virus, but we go through those times. And I will tell you, and you know this, I'm not telling you what you don't know. For most of you, you know that God is there. He's faithful. In the darkest, most trying times, God is there. Remember that poem that was out there? I can't quote it, but I remember it years ago. It was when I became aware of it called Footprints in the Sand, and this this poem is about this person, and they're going back, and they're looking, they're talking with the Lord, and they're looking at these footprints in the sand, and, and the person says to, to God, God, look, right here is, was the most difficult time in my life. And the, there's these two sets of footprints, Lord, and you and I are walking together along the beach. And when it came to the most difficult time, the most trying time in my life, there's only one set of footprints. Why did you leave me? Why did you forsake me at that point? And the poem 
continues. God says to the person, to all of us, Oh, I didn't leave you. That's when I was carrying you. That message needs to resonate through our hearts and our lives. I wish I had that poem here. I didn't think about it till this moment, but I wish I had this here. I'd like to read it to you. But I think many, most of you have probably seen that. But I will tell you, if you're not walking with God in that relationship, I don't even know how to describe what you may be going through now because there is no anchor. There is no real hope. I can tell you the politicians, you don't have to watch them five minutes. They don't have the answers. And I, I'm not cynical about it. I, I love our country. I, lo- I love America. And I believe that we have the best form of government that we could have on earth. I do. But I got to tell you, they don't have the answers. I mean, they just don't. We just pick the best and pray and hope for the best. Mankind cannot solve the problems that mankind is capable of creating. But God can. That's why it's so important that we walk with him in a personal relationship. And that's what Stephen Curtis Chapman and others are are feeling that God is saying to our nation today. Get close to God if you don't know him personally. Except the Bible says if you... If you if you want to have this relationship with God, what you do is that you accept him, according to Romans. Paul wrote it very clearly. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God, that he died on a cross, he was resurrected from the dead. Lord, I believe that. I accept that. I don't understand it all, but I accept that. I believe that you are who you say you are. And I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I want to walk with him. I want to follow him. I want to know you, God. I need to know you. That's salvation. That's transformation. All of these politicians can sit around, especially the left, but they sit around talking about transformation and transforming America and all that. They don't know anything about transforming. They're talking about destroying probably the best government still on the face of the earth. But I'm talking about something above that. I'm talking about eternal transformation. Where God, in that act of submission to God, God forgives the sins of your life, whatever they are, and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and he receives you as his own, and he walks with you. And he talks with you in your heart, and speaks to you through the circumstances, but particularly through his word, the Bible. And you begin to read it, and you understand it. It's going to be all different when you come into a relationship with God because it's alive and it speaks to your heart because it is God's word. It's God's authority, and he speaks into your life. So that... That's what God is saying to a lot of people. There's another uh, study out there that's kind of a sub-study of this. Real Clear Opinion Research, not a conservative uh, organization at all. They're big. They do a lot of work. They found that during this virus crisis, they found that 40% of families are now, quote, more likely to homeschool their children after the lockdown ends. Very interesting. This morning, the Seattle Times has a feature article out there. It's featured. In fact, it's the first one they promote online. 
And they're asking the question, is it time to reconsider year-round school? And they say COVID-19 may be telling us it's time. So the virus, as far as the Seattle Times is concerned today, is telling them that it's time to put our school, our kids in public school year-round, as if nine months isn't enough. I'll tell you, I don't. <laughs> I think the people that are thinking about thinking about homeschooling is, are more on the right track than thinking about year round. Do you want your kids sitting in that classroom under their indoctrination for twelve months out of the year? I hope not. Right now, there's this battle going on, the state Senate Bill five three nine five. It's also known as the Comprehensive Sexual Education Bill (CSE). It passed along party lines during this 2020 legislative session in Washington State. It was signed into law, of course, by Governor Inslee. It's a bad idea because it would require local schools and their districts to integrate very harmful, comprehensive so-called sex education into the curriculum being taught to the kids. People are up in arms about it from all different persuasions of Christianity, but they're just weren't enough of us in the state legislature to kill this thing. And it needs to be killed. So there's a referendum out there. They have until June 10 to get enough signatures on the thing. It requires a lot of signatures. I would look into that. The organization that's leading this up in Washington State is called Parents for Safe Schools Referendum 90 Campaign. Be sure you get your name on that ballot or on the referendum. But if it go, that puts it to a vote of the people. But this, this is pu- what is considered public education. And the Seattle Times thinks that the COVID virus is telling us to that kids should be in school year-round now. I mean, John Schilling, he's the president of the American Federation of Children, he says... Every single family with kids in school has been incredibly disrupted by the lockdowns. He says with 55 million students no longer in their normal educational setting, families are clearly considering new options, and many are seeing the benefits of homeschooling and virtual schooling. Praise the Lord. I hope all of you, grandparents and parents, consider, and if you're a grandparent, Influence your kids to do the right thing with their kids. I know it's difficult. I understand that. I know what Christian schools cost, and I know that some Christian schools aren't Christian, unfortunately. I know all that. I know people have to go to work and they need to deposit their kids somewhere. I get all that. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get that. I understand. I do. And as a pastor, I've said this many times over the pulpit. This isn't new to me. But I'm telling you, our public education is a cesspool of indoctrination. It's not education. Very, very little that goes on in public education and public institutions is true education, as it was intended in our country by our founders, particularly Noah Webster, who started what we know as public school. He had something very different in mind. And I think we need to look and, and, and ask God what, what he might be saying to us during this time of virus. 
chaos, as some are calling it. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is very clear on this. God intends that parents take responsibility for educating our children. The Bible says, Deuteronomy chapter 6, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. Okay, I got that. Then the Bible says, next, the next sentence, You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk you, sh- you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Oh my. It's a lifestyle. Education. Do you really think that depositing kids in a state institution is God, what God is saying here? Of course it isn't. We have to make hard decisions. But we've got to make them if we're going to be faithful to God. And I believe that's one of the things that God is saying to us today. In reflecting on what God is saying through this coronavirus pandemic, it occurred to me that sometimes God is simply saying, stop, think, choose. Joshua addressed that issue so long ago, but it's contemporary to our times. Choose whom you will serve. As for me and my house, he said, we'll serve the Lord. He told these people they had followed him. He was the leader. He said, look, he said, if you want to go worship those gods, little G gods over there across the river, then go ahead. It's up to you. You've got to make the decision. What a foretaste of the gospel. But he said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. It's almost inconceivable to me to think that the most powerful, prosperous, free nation in the history of the world over about a 24 to 48 hour period just stopped. We were told to stand down, stay home, shut down, close everything. In another era, the prophet Jeremiah told the people of his nation to stop. Stand still. He said, because you're walking down the wrong path. Jeremiah said in his prophetic way. He said, stand in the ways and see. Ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. There you you will find rest for your souls. I'm sick and tired of hearing the word progressive as it's used to define backward thinking, out of touch, regressive ideas, politicians. There's nothing progressive about celebrating some of the rituals of the ancient god Baal or just killing unwanted, unborn children. It isn't progressive. It isn't progressive to redefine marriage, an institution that God himself created. There's nothing progressive about celebrating those things that God has called an abomination. It isn't progressive to follow other failed countries down that crooked path of socialism, ultimately ending in the dustbin of history. When Jeremiah made his proclamation to God's people, they had a choice. He offered them rest for their souls and their minds. He paused, and and they said, We will not walk in it. I think this pandemic may be a dress rehearsal for what lies ahead. Jeremiah told them that there would be watchmen saying, listen to the trumpet. They said, we will not listen. You can read it. We face a crossroad with the catapult of our nation in one direction or another, and it's called 2020 election. And as far as our culture is concerned, that's looming. And I tell you, we got to take a hard look at this and say, God, what are you saying to my heart 
about this upcoming election because America hangs in the balance. Make no mistake about it. And those of us who live here do as well. I'll see you tomorrow.